0: Want better pay? Need to build skills? Then it's time to advance your career. SA Works connects you to training programs and companies ready to hire you. Visit SAWorks.org. S-A-W-O-R-X I'm Ron Aaron, Carol Zerniel, our co-host on special assignment today. So, hey, you've got me and our very special guest, Roxana Delgado. Uh, Dr. Delgado is an epidemiologist and health scientist, an assistant professor at UT Health San Antonio School of Medicine, General Hospital and Medicine Division, and one of the investigators at the VA, Elizabeth Dole Center of Excellence for Veteran and Caregiver Research. She developed the Military and Veteran Caregiver Portfolio, a research platform that addresses the short- and long-term health-related outcomes of caregivers of wounded, ill, and injured service members and veterans. And we interviewed uh, Roxana in 2017, and we're delighted to have her back again. Hey, Dr. Degano, thanks for joining us on Caregiver SOS On Air.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's, It's such a pleasure to be back.
0: Well, we live in Military City, USA. Uh, we, we have a, a number of facilities here that provide uh, medical care and help for veterans. And I guess it's not a surprise that there is a large and growing number of military-related caregivers.
1: Absolutely. And San Antonio holds one of the highest density of military and veteran caregivers in the nation, so yes, you're right. We have um, a very large population here, but we have also a very large population across the nation, of military and veteran caregivers.
0: You know, it's interesting in some ways. It's one of those good news, bad news stories. Uh, we've gotten so much better at getting people off of battlefields who have been wounded, of uh, sustaining life, of bringing them back, and treating them, uh, and 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 that's the good news. And of course, the challenge is many suffer from not only traumatic brain injuries, but other uh, disabilities, uh, which require help from others.
1: It requires help from others, many times intensive help, and some other times long-term. So when we think about our community of veterans that have been wounded and ill and injured in combat, or they may not have been injured in combat, but they return with different conditions, medical conditions that will require long-term care. And many times, Family members are the ones who have to step up and and take care of them. So we're seeing a growing number of family members and friends having to really respond to this urgent public health issue uh, that is caring for a wounded, ill, and injured um, warriors.
0: What was it that got you interested in this field?
1: Well, I will tell you, I have walked the journey. My husband was combat wounded in 2009, June 29th, 2009. And I remember receiving that call at four in the morning. He sustained a, a motor brain injury. He was medically evacuated, required three years of full-time rehab. And I was a full-time caregiver at that time. And it really opened my eyes to to seeing the the challenges and 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 the different difficulties that caregivers go through when they have to care for a combat wounded, and at that time I was a researcher, but I was not working with caregivers, um, and it really inspired me and motivated me to look deeper and and look more into the community and see how how can we help in any way through research and programs and today i'm very involved with different with different hats so not only a researcher but also an advocate and um and working with different programs across the nation and here locally in san antonio too how is your husband doing he's doing fantastic he's really one of those very miracle uh uh cases uh there was it was a lot of work but i always say that when you have the resources in place We have an incredible community support um, and he's completely independent to the point that today he actually runs, um, he he created a nonprofit and he runs a nonprofit um, helping other veterans and people with disabilities here in San Antonio, not only veterans, but also the community at large.
0: When that phone rang at four in the morning, you knew intuitively it couldn't be good news.
1: You know what? Yeah, it's, it's one of those things when you have a loved one that is deployed, um, you're always thinking about having that knock on the door. Because when whenever you get all those briefings, it's about either the person comes back or they don't come back. But very unlikely in those briefings that the military, uh, that they do, you think about combat wounds. So when I got the call, I really paused. I mean, I was sleeping, um, but But I paused and I was like, "Oh, that's strange." I thought it was him, but it was the call about him being wounded. And after that, you really don't know much. For forty-eight hours, I did not know his um, status or where where he was going. All I knew is that he was being medically evacuated. So there's a lot of he was in Iraq. He was in in Baghdad in Iraq, and then he was medically evacuated to Balad, and from there to Germany.
0: And did you go over there?
1: No, I wish. I try. (laughs) But unless it's it's catastrophic where they cannot make it back home, um, you're not allowed to go there. So I just had to wait. And he spent uh, 28 days or so in Germany going through a lot of different tests and diagnostics. And and at the end, you know, they ended up, um, the military ended up sending him home for long-term care.
0: Well, it's good news that he's doing well.
1: Yes, yes. And today he's a testament of, you know, uh, uh, when you have the resources in place, when um, you have a family that supports you and a community that embraces you, uh, it's incredible and how powerful um, it can be in someone's life. So we're deeply grateful
0: for I I want to talk a little bit more about those resources. But for those who may have just joined us, you're listening to Caregiver SOS on air. I'm Ron Aaron. We're talking with Roxana Delgado. Dr. Degado uh, is the author of The Caregiver's Companion, and her research on military caregivers has resulted in a tremendous understanding of the kind of need, help, and services that are available to veterans who have suffered, uh, whether it's traumatic injury on the battlefield, or uh, I think, Roxana, one of the other issues that many of your returning veterans deal with is PTSD. Yes.
1: Yeah, so PTSD, traumatic brain injury, are very prevalent in the veteran community. And actually, Ron, last time that we talked, we were doing, a, Um, our team was doing a study looking at the suicidal ideation among caregivers. And we were able, we published by now, and we were able to to look at suicide ideation among caregivers. And incredible, those caregivers who are caring for someone with TBI, traumatic brain injury, or PTSD, are the, are the ones at higher risk for been um suicide to have suicide ideation the caregiver so, yes the caregiver themselves so it is incredible that we have a very high prevalence of ptsd tbi polytrauma in the wounded and injured uh, veteran community but then the question is how is that really how is that impacting our caregiver community and what's the answer well, it is impacting in negative ways, but what resources can be out there these days compared to 10 years ago or 13 years ago when I became a caregiver back then? Um, I am no longer a caregiver, but when I, when I started this journey uh, 13 years ago, there were barely any resources available. And today there are many organizations and government and all different kinds of resources available for caregivers. So it really helps. Well,
0: talk to us a bit about those resources, what's available, whether you live in San Antonio or uh, anywhere else in the country, where can you access resources that will help you as a military caregiver?
1: Thank you for asking. You know, one of the things is that I hear caregivers saying, I don't know where to turn. And I I keep saying there's many resources, but I'm not really giving a lot of information. So let me tell you, um, one of the biggest pillars of resources in the nation it's the Elizabeth Dole Foundation. They have dedicated the past 10 years to really uh, create a a web and network of community organizations, government, through the Hidden Heroes uh, city campaigns. San Antonio is one of them. There was a proclamation in 2017 um, where San Antonio vowed to really support our caregivers. Since then, there's a group that has been appointed to creating not only awareness, but um, bring together the local organizations uh, the government and some other uh, corporate responsibility uh, organizations that have put not only their financial, um, their, their finances to create programs. So some of these programs in here in San Antonio are through UT Health. They do have under the Department of Psychiatry help where caregivers can see a, a psychiatrist or a psychologist um, through their program. Um, there's some other programs like the Coen Veterans Network, the Elizabeth Dole Foundation, um, and some others that are local. But if you don't know exactly, like across the nation, there's a directory through the HeatingHeroes.org that you just have to type your city, your state, your city, where you're at, and it would just uh, populate all these services and resources in your area. G- give so us that, that website be- again. Huh? HeatingHeroes. HiddenHeroes.org, and he's under the Elizabeth Dole Foundation.
0: And of course, Senator Dole, at one time, headed the Red Cross uh, after serving in the United States Senate. So it's it's not a surprise that she has uh, spearheaded efforts on behalf of caregivers and veterans.
1: That and that she lived it herself when she had to spend many months in Walter Reed with Bob Dole, her late you know husband, yeah, the late um, senator. Yes, Senator Dole. and she spent many months in, in Walter Reed, and she she was able to see firsthand the impact of caregiving in the younger uh, caregivers and populations. So she in 2014 she commissioned the uh, Rand uh, the Rand Corporation to do the largest study on caregiving. In 2015, I became one of their uh, fellows for the state of Texas. And that really opened my eyes and also the opportunities to really work in different areas to support our military and veteran caregivers. But it goes beyond that. I also work with general general caregiver population here in San Antonio.
0: You know, it, it's interesting, Roxana. When, when we think of caregivers, often we think of someone who is older caring for an older loved one or a mother or an aunt or an uncle. But many of the military caregivers are, are fairly young, like you were.
1: Yes. And that's that. the norm is that the caregivers, we think about caregiving, we think about aging. But with military and veteran caregivers, what we're seeing is a very young population. Um, and some years ago, it was reported that the average age was 28. So that's wow. very young. But Ron, when you think about caregiving, think about World War II. Think about Vietnam. Think about Korea. There had to be caregivers who were young, who had little, uh, you know, small children. but. For so many decades, we didn't really put a lot of attention into this uh, community. So it's not until Sandra Dole came on board and then she started, you know, the Elizabeth Dole Foundation that really started spearheading all this different movement. And we know that today AARP, they have been in. Incredibly helpful in in not only creating awareness but also developing programs like ARP Texas. It's been an amazing source of information for caregivers around um, the the nation, but also in Texas. So I, I
0: want you to take a couple moments and, and tell us about the Caregiver Companion. Uh, what's in it? How it can be helpful to folks? And we'll do that in just a moment. I'm Ron Aaron. You're listening to Caregiver SOS on air. Carol Zerniel, our co host on Special Assignment today, and we're talking with our very special guest, Roxana Delgado. Dr. Delgado was with us uh, back in 2017, a few years ago, talking about this issue, and we're delighted to have her back. You're listening to Caregiver SOS on air. The WellMed Charitable Foundation would like to remind you it is important to stay connected while social distancing. Caregiver stress may be higher now, and specialists are available to talk with. There's no question that we are living in not-normal times, but whether the new normal will be the old normal is yet to be seen. So if you are troubled, if you are feeling stressed, ask for help. Services are provided at no cost. See more at caregiversos.org. Hello. We are so pleased you are with us here on Caregiver SOS on Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our special guest, Roxana Delgado. Dr. Delgado is an epidemiologist and health scientist, an assistant professor at the UT Health in San Antonio, and we're talking about military caregivers. Carol Zernio, our co-host on special assignment today, so it is just me and Roxana. Dr. Delgado, the Caregivers Companion Uh, An incredible, useful booklet you have put together. Tell us what's in it and how it can help military caregivers.
1: So um, the Caregiver's Companion was really a labor of love. I was um, in my first stages of being a caregiver back then, and my employer at that time, they saw the different challenges that I had to go through, but they also see how I was overcoming all those challenges. And it's one of those things where you say you have to practice what you preach, right? And it is a beautiful booklet that provides a, a is like a guideline, right? Of how do you live after, and how and how do you what do you do after you become a caregiver? So you, it, it really gathers the brains of all the it's a inter- interdisciplinary team that we got together, and we all co-wrote that book and providing guidance in terms of how do you cope with loss, how do you cope with stress. What are the best practices to really stay healthy and strong as you take care of your loved one? What is the best way to communicate with someone that may not be there, right? Um, because we know that with our veteran community, especially those with PTSD, they not always are o- welcoming or open to have uh, rich conversations. So how do you deal with that? How do you take care of n- your nutrition? Um, What type of practices you should do to be able to overcome and be strong and 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 be a, and, and take care of yourself basically as you care for someone so we teach a lot of different things and provide guidance from journaling to um spirituality um all kind of different things so the booklet is mind body and spirit because we believe that when things like this like being a caregiver you have to take care of yourself as a whole so not just one area but everything physically emotionally spiritually in all different areas so we can overcome and be strong and, and really be able to take care of your, our loved ones.
0: What were some of the biggest challenges you faced?
1: So mine, and I have shared this in the past, and, and, and we all have different challenges, but for me was that ambiguous loss, that grieving process of uh, when my husband left to Iraq, he was um, in a certain way. And when he came back, he has so many needs. So he basically came back as a 10-year-old um, he had to relearn a lot of things from tying his shoes and eating by himself and doing things by himself. So for me, the biggest challenge was seeing a husband that was so independent before he deployed. And then, then when he came back, he was so dependent on me. And um, I remember back then uh, thinking about, you know, and, and 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 really going through all that grieving process. And a friend of mine is the one who told me, hey, do you know about caregiver burden and ambiguous loss? And actually, I'll be honest, That was the first time I heard about those uh, terms and read books about it, um, was really uh, very enthusiastic in learning more about it. And I would encourage any caregiver that is going through those different challenges to learn more about it, because there are ways to overcome that grieving process that we go through when our loved one is no longer the same person. Um, And there's also um, methods and coping mechanisms to avoid and prevent caregiver burden. So those for me were the two main challenges, the caregiver burden and and the, the grieving process.
0: What was your period where you were angry?
1: I wasn't angry. I was very hopeful. So it is very interesting because I was always in a good mood always in a good mood. And my friends that knew me and, and knew what I was going through, they couldn't believe it. At some point, they, they were thinking that it was like maybe um, me trying to mask um, any type of sadness or anything. But I'm always being a very positive person. So if you put a roadblock in front of me, I would be looking to the side just to see how I can go around. That, that was the approach that I took from the beginning, full of hope, full of faith, Loving my husband incredibly. I really wanted to move forward in a healthy way. Um, I just, I was just going through a lot of um, unknowns. So it was that looking forward, how is gonna be the future? You know, a lot of uncertainty. Um, having to navigate a, a medical system that was new to me because I didn't know all the different specialties that he needed to uh to go over. So at the end I made a lesson mm. he he was seen at some point in time by twenty three different specialists. Wow. And navigating that and the care coordination, and he couldn't drive, so I had to drive him everywhere. But I was working full time and you know, it was so. <laughs> different things The schedule um the loss of who you know the the person is um it was it was um it, it was challenging but I'll tell you this Ron I remember telling myself all the time I feel like I'm getting so immersed in this role that I'm becoming some someone else and I always try to encourage caregivers to really stay true to who they are continue to pursue the goals, life detours happen, but that doesn't mean that it's the end of life. And
0: how, I, how did you overcome the challenge of suddenly becoming his mother as opposed to his wife?
1: Oh yeah um it's very unusual and it's not the most popular, but I'll share it. Um I actually had to step aside as being um his best friend. I stopped seeing Victor my husband as a husband because I felt it might Mind, I said, if I see him as a husband, I'll expect things uh, you know that a husband uh, provides, like being there and having great conversations and you know just having an adult there. And I felt that if I uh, if I step aside and was his best friend, um, I was gonna enjoy even the little things in life, right? And my expectations were not gonna be as high, so that means that my um happiness, the level of happiness. Was gonna be more achievable, so that's what I did. Um, He noticed he didn't like it, (laughs) and (laughs) he he was we've always had a great great communication. He said, "Hey, Rexon, I noticed you don't look at me the same way." And I said, "Well, Victor, I'm seeing you as my best friend." And he said, "Oh no no no, that's not gonna happen. I'm (laughs) gonna make you fall in love again with me." And he did. Wow! He went back to his therapist and he said, "I noticed my wife is is extremely exhausted from having to do everything. So please." the occupational therapist, he said, please teach me how to cook, how to do laundry, how to do house chores. I want to help her. And of course, you know, he, 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 his goal in therapy then was learning those things. And he did it.
0: (laughs) When did you know he was back? That he was who he was?
1: Yeah. So you know what? Victor is now like version 4.0 or so. <laughs> um he evolved. You know, he um Victor came back and he required so much therapy and so much um rehabilitation for all his uh, different disabilities, but with time he put so much effort into it. And it's not about you know, and, and I like caregivers and family members to really get this through. It is not about reversing an injury. It is not about um deleting or or reversing a disability, but it's about overcoming. And how do you do that? You adapt. So it is adapting to the disability, it's adapting the environment and everything. So once we were able to adapt our life and our environment and everything uh, to a point that he could function very well, he started progressing in, in very rapidly way it, beautifully. So today he's completely independent. Like I said, he, he runs a nonprofit He's incredibly successful in the community, and it's been 13 years um, since he was injured. But with time, we see a lot of progress, Um, and it takes a lot of work. But the most important is never stopping. It's continuing to move forward, even if it's baby steps. Is she
0: driving again?
1: He drives, he does everything by himself. He goes to um speaking commitments. He um did a, uh he's been working um he actually was invited to the Senate and he did a uh uh Senate hearing by himself. So he's he if you see him today, Ron, you wouldn't even, you know. I had a an ami talk not long ago in September, and I I I described and people saw some of the video that we did for ARP, and then one of the uh person that, that was in the lecture, I, I saw her a month later and then Victor and I were both together and he said, Is this the Victor you were talking about? I said, Yeah. <laughs> so and she she got teary eyes right away because she couldn't believe it. I mean he's you see him today, you wouldn't think. Other than his speech, um he, he still stutters a little bit, but not in a in a great deal like he used to back in the day.
0: If you look back to that 4 a.m phone call uh and think about all you went through are are you not amazed at what you did
1: it is um it is amazing I think about it all the time believe it or not I reflect that only a lot in life um I reflect in where we've been what we have gone through but any not in a way that is to dwell on it but it's been an incredible journey, Ron. Um, we have met the most incredible people. We have been exposed to the most amazing um, opportunities and being able to, to, to work with that community that embraced us in, in such a way. And I tell you, I wouldn't have it any other way. My husband and I, sometimes we, 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 we have our coffee times and we say, you know, if you can change we had such a different path in our mindset when we first when he first joined the military um but if we could go back we'll do it all over again i i wow. tell you it's it's such an amazing journey it was full of challenges but we have to think that challenges are not there to break us and and it's just like that window right that door to new possibilities and opportunities i wouldn't be where i'm at i wouldn't be a professor in the School of Medicine, doing research on caregiving, if it's not because of that 4 a.m. call. Got to Um, stop
0: you here. We're flat out of time, Roxana. We could go mm -hmm. on for another three hours. For folks who want to get a hold of that caregiver's companion, we will post it on caregiversos.org, and you can get it there. Roxana Delgado, Dr. Delgado, thank you. Appreciate you being here. I'm Ron Aaron. Thanks for joining us on Caregiver SOS On Air. Executive producers for Caregiver SOS On Air are Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron. Our associate producer is Christy Romero. I'm Ron Aaron. We'll see you next week on Caregiver SOS On Air. Want better pay? Need to build skills? Are you looking for greater opportunities? Then it's time to advance your career. Advanced manufacturing is thriving in San Antonio and needs people like you yesterday. Whether you're looking for a career change or looking for a way into the industry, SA Works connects you to training programs and companies ready to hire you. Visit SAWorks.org. That's S A W O R X.org.